Ladies and gentlemen, this is your time to grow, give, and expand. I'm your host, Doug Myers. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Life Launch mini-series here on the Grow, Give, Expand podcast. It's day six of seven on my current work rotation, and this one was recorded after an early morning, deeply restorative yoga training session. Have a listen. Just completed a great early morning yoga session. Got the blood flowing. Got up at 4 a.m. on the first alarm ready for action, ready to make something great happen. And I'm on day six of seven days. So I I work seven days on, seven days off. 12-hour days, they're long days, they're arduous. And when you stack them on day after day, as you can imagine, when you're stacking things on day after day that don't align with something that you're going towards, it's hard. It's hard. What I've learned is that if you keep coming up against the same problem in life, for me, the same problem is knowing that I'm here for seven days and that the environment is going to impact me in a certain way. The energies of other people are going to impact me a certain way. And I know already going into it, as soon as I step off the bus, that I'm going to have to do something to either change my mindset change the way I approach the day, change the way I approach other people and the other energies that are at play here, change the way I see the environment. Otherwise, I'm going to keep having to face this problem. It's like video games, you know, you're working your way through the level and then at the end of the level, what ends up happening? There's usually a boss. And that boss has certain skills and certain characteristics. And you got to find a way to beat the boss. Otherwise, you don't get to the next level. You die, you get stuck, and you keep coming up again and again, and, and the continue sign comes up, and it counts down from nine, and, and you just keep coming up against that boss. And until you develop the skills required, until you develop a new strategy, until you look at that boss as a problem that needs to be solved, that's when things start to change. Now you're developing a strategy that could work. Now you're looking at your environment, your situation, the way you interact with people, not as a deterrent, but as something that needs to be overcome, something that you need to work through in order to continue to grow and expand. I wanted to follow up on the last edition of this mini-series, and that was about how the decision to jump has empowered me. And you can go back and listen to that if you haven't heard it, just to get a glimpse of where I'm coming from. But the natural question after that is how do you make the decision to jump? How did I make the decision to jump? Because number one, it's not an easy decision. Number two, if you're like me and you have processes and your mind thinks in a very logical, almost linear way, 
which has its benefits and has its detractors, by the way, then it can be very overwhelming to try and make this decision. Where it was helpful for me, and where it may be helpful for you as well, is to use a process that will help you define what your life looks like as a result of making the decision to jump, or what your life looks like, perhaps even more importantly, what your life looks like if you don't jump and you continue to do the same thing. There's a couple of tools that I used, and I kind of brought them together and dissected them and made them work for me. And that's really important because there's so many tools out there that can be used. There's, there's so many processes that could work. And the thing is, not everything is going to work for you. I certainly found out the hard way that not everything works for me. I'm motivated and inspired by different things, and, and you'll find that you're motivated and inspired by different things too. So what works for me may not necessarily work for you, given your situation, your age, uh, the amount of time that you have to put into this, your amount of desire to do this. Without desire, without a real purpose, without a why, we're just playing with paper tigers. This needs to be real. This needs to matter. And only you are going to understand the reasons why it matters. I know the reasons why it matters to me. And that's actually one of the tools. Understanding the reasons, understanding your why. Let's start with the questions. I believe that the most powerful question you can ask yourself when trying to make the decision whether or not you should jump is why do I deserve to succeed when I jump? Why am I the one? This is actually from the teachings of Les Brown, one of the most inspirational and powerful speakers I have ever heard. And in one of his talks, he speaks about asking yourself, why do you deserve to achieve your goals? Why are you the one? And he asks, write down five reasons why you're the one. And I remember doing this. It was actually before I came up on Les Brown's talk that I had done this. I had done this in a different way. So I'm going to share those with you. Why I'm the one. Why I deserve my dreams. And this is in no particular order, by the way. Number one because I've learned too much and I continue to learn so much that my knowledge needs to be shared with others. Number two, because I have the ability to change lives by being the man that I am. Number three, because the world needs strong men, everyday leaders, and real-time heroes. Number four, because I put in too much damn time, too much effort, too much energy, and too many resources to do anything but make it. And number five, because the world doesn't gain from me playing small with my talents. The world needs me to play big with my talents. Why do I deserve to succeed when I jump? This question helped me so much 
How can that question maybe help you? The other tools involve using polars. What I mean by that is we want to explain what life will look like if we decide to make the jump and we succeed and we create that in its illustrious beauty, descriptively, powerfully, creating a vision that looks so awesome and so desirable that we can't help but feel chills go down the back of our spine because we are so inspired by what that looks like. Also, is what happens in the worst case scenario. This comes from Jordan B. Peterson, one of my favorite speakers to listen to. He talks about creating your own personal hell. What does that hell look like? We all have different hells. Some of them are mental, some of them are in the environment, some of them are related to finances, related to spirituality, related to people that are in our lives, related to our circumstances. If you create an incredibly descriptive picture of what hell looks like for you personally, you will know exactly what you want to move away from. I remember sitting down and creating my own personal hell. There are many elements to it. Part of it was me continuing to sit behind a computer for the rest of my life, waking up on Saturday and Sunday mornings, knowing that the first thing I would do would be to pop open a spreadsheet and make money for somebody else. I didn't want to run around the world scared, afraid to voice my opinion, afraid to say what was on my mind, afraid to share the things that I've learned. Again, going back to the five questions that I asked myself, I feel like I've learned too much, I've done too much, I've got too much experience and too much to share to not provide that for people who want to hear it. It's a disservice with the skills and abilities that I believe I have to not share them. Personal health for me looks like having that voice inside of my head that goes, yes, I, I can help there. I know the answer. I can help you out with this one. And being too afraid to say so because I'm stuck in this old version of me that's just polite and, and, and keeps the peace. I'm also incredibly scared of unfulfilled potential. I remember hearing one of the guys that I interviewed for this podcast. It actually hasn't been released yet. But his name's Alan Kahn, and he was a former leader of the Landmark Training Workshops. And he said something, whether it was in our interview or in something else I had heard, a story about a man who died with potential intact. That scares me. That scares me so deeply to think to myself that I could go to the grave with regrets that I could die tomorrow and not have worked today to get closer to the fulfillment of my potential. That to me is, is hell. So that's the second tool. Create the descriptive picture of what your personal hell looks like so that you know exactly what it is that you want to move away from. Another tool that I found really effective in 
helping me make my decision was an activity called fear setting. Now, for those of you who are familiar with Tim Ferriss, this comes from Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek, and it is an incredible tool for helping you make some of these tough decisions. And basically what it boils down to, without getting into too many details, because you can head over onto his website or type that in on Google and, and find out exactly what the fear setting exercise is, but what it allows you to do is just recognize the worst case scenario in a variety of categories of your life related to the decision that you wanna make, and then you just look at it and you ask yourself, can I handle this? For me, one of the things that was difficult to move through is the consistency of income. I'm very used to having a consistent stream of income. And so with the decision that I made, I realized that I was going to have to adjust to not having that biweekly paycheck come in. I was gonna have to adjust to different forms of income generation and different payouts and different payment frequencies in order to be comfortable. What I also realized is that if I went after what I wanted to go after, like I mean if I wanted to blow this podcast out of the water, which I 100% want to do, if I wanted to create content that I felt was going to be useful for other people to hear, for other people to watch, if I wanted to be full born in my real estate projects, speaking on stages, going to workshops, training people, helping people, working through my company that I work with that is legacy, if I wanted to do all that, all in, all the damn time, for one year, and I failed at every single thing, what's the worst case scenario financially for me? Well, I go through all the money that I saved in my bank account. I didn't make any of it work. I didn't make a single penny during the whole year that I went after it, which is highly unlikely. In fact, it's not even an option. And if worse came to worse, I can go back to what I'm doing now, as unfulfilling as it is, and I could get back on my feet in a year. Easy. Or... I could even go back to sales. I'm not sharing this with you to impress you with the, the multitude of things that I can do. I'm sharing this with you because I think it's important to realize that you probably have skills. No, you definitely have skills that you can tap into if you were to go off on your own and, and do something that was really passionate that you really wanted to work towards. You would realize that you have so many things that if the shit hit the fan you would be able to fall back on. Now, I want to touch on this really quickly though. A lot of people, and I do agree with it in part, think that you need to burn the boats. You can't have a plan B. You need to go for plan A. And plan A is the only option. Why? Because if your back is up against the wall, that means the only thing that you can do is go forward. There's no turning back. I have to go forward. I have to succeed. And that's it. Now, I'm not here to argue whether or not that's the way to do it or to have a plan B. The fact is we're all different. Some of us can't handle that kind of stress of only having one option. That's a lot of stress to put on yourself. Some of us need plan B in the background to go, okay, 
just if something happens. I'm still going to crank it as hard as possible. But if something happens, I do have a contingency fund in place. I do have a plan in the background just as a precaution. And that gives me the safety and security that I need to crush it the same way that person with the plan A and no other option has the same drive. We're all different in that aspect. It's just a matter of finding out what works for you. The last tool and the one that I touched on a little bit earlier actually was creating an empowering vision of success. If you decided to make this jump, if you decided to make a jump like I'm going through right now, in detail, what does that personal glory look like? And when you first start out creating this, if you've never done anything like this before, chances are it's probably going to be pretty general. You're going to have a very general sense of what you want and what you don't want. And this takes time. Okay, you can't expect to just sit down for an hour and define everything that is that you want to do and why you want to do it. It takes time. I've, I've been at this for years, literally. And if that sounds crazy, it is. But you know what? It's worth it. It's totally worth it. So at first, your, your personal vision, that, what that glory looks like, may be very general. But in time, it must become narrowed. It must become focused. And when you do that, you start identifying specific haves. What do you want to have? What do you need to have? And when you identify what you need to have, you can then identify the person that you need to be, who you need to become in order to have those things. And then in order to become the person that has those things, you need to do something. You need to take action. Have, be, do. This is something that myself and a guest that I had on in episode three of the Grow, Get, Expand podcast, that's Corey Aleef. He's the owner of Yesa, the Young Entrepreneur Sales Academy, and the franchise holder to Grant Cardone Canada, Grant Cardone Training Technologies of Canada. If you haven't heard of Grant Cardone, I suggest you get on the internet. And Corey does a great job of breaking this down. So I highly recommend you check out that episode and hear what Corey has to say about have, be, and do. And creating a ladder for yourself so that you know, based on what you want to have, who you need to become, and then what you need to do in order to get there. And that, my friends, is how you make a plan. That's how I did it. And it gives you, it gives you peace. It gives you peace to look at the things that you want to have, realize what you need to be in order to get there, and then start charting out what you need to do. From there, you've got the workings of a plan. And a plan is what you put in place once you make the decision to jump. So, that's how I did it. And I'll share with you exactly what my plan was and currently is and how I'm executing on it. That's coming up in a later episode. As for now, I wanted to step into how I'm feeling lately. Because as part of this journey, I wanted to share with you exactly what I'm going through each and every day. So right now, it's day six of seven in my current work rotation. I just finished a yoga session to start the day. I've been waking up. This is key. This is one of the the tools that I've been using to build the foundation. We're going to talk about that in another episode of the Life Launch mini-series. Is building the foundation. Once you've made that decision to jump, you're going to need to do some things in order to 
build yourself, build a foundation on which you can stand once you're off on your way. And so I've been building this foundation. One of the things that I've been doing is over the past 16 days, this is day 17. Ooh, my favorite number. This is day 17. But over the past 16 days, I've been up before 5 a.m. every day. In fact, on most days, I've been up at 4 a.m. And this comes from a book that I recently read called The 5 a.m. Club by Robin Sharma. I highly recommend that you check it out. And what it's done for me is put into practice all these little pieces of my life that were optimizing my performance, my mentality, my relationships, my spirituality, and bringing it all together with the formation of this one habit. And that is just getting up early and getting after it. I mean, <laughs> when I first read the book, I was like, man, 5 a.m.? Ah, that's insane. Right? Like even back in my basketball playing days when I wanted to make the NBA, and I worked every single day in high school and, and near the end of middle school to try and make that happen. And of course, it didn't happen. It's probably one of the greatest things that's never happened to me. But when I was in that phase, the, uh, the earliest I would wake up to go work out at 6 a.m. Then I got back into that MBA mentality when I started doing this. And I said to myself, you know what? If Robin's saying people should get up at 5 a.m., I'm going to be one better. I'm going to get up at 4 a.m. And so, like I said, most days I've been up at 4 a.m. I start my day off with a similar, a similar routine to what's outlined in that book. I've kind of made some adjustments and customized it for myself because, again, not everything that you read from somebody else or hear from somebody else or see from somebody else is going to work perfectly for you. And it didn't work perfectly for me, so I made a couple of tweaks and adjustments, and now I am absolutely on fire. It is 5.51 a.m. right now. And I am lit up for today as a result of doing this morning routine. It's one of the biggest things that is working in my favor right now. It's having a fantastic morning routine. I feel great every time I get out of this. It's hard waking up early, don't get me wrong. It's incredibly hard. What's helping is that I get up on my first alarm and I don't take my own shit. Okay, I don't allow myself to be like, yeah, you can sleep in a couple more minutes. I hit it on the first alarm. Now, I will say, so that I'm not a hypocrite, yesterday I did get up at 4.31 a.m., and I hit this news button twice after 4 a.m. In consolation, I still tell myself I was up before 5 a.m. And you know what? I still hit my workout hard. I still had the sweat hit the floor. I still took a cold shower, and I still had my meditation, and I was ready to rock for the day. The other thing that's happening right now is I'm getting appreciation and feedback from people who are listening to the show and that means the world if you're listening to this and you're getting something out of it you're finding some value I'm, I'm so grateful for that if you reach out I'll be happy to you know answer questions if you have any or or just you know share some good vibes you can find me on Instagram it's Doug W Myers I'm about to go hit my cold shower for the morning and grab a little bit of a bite to eat and then head back down to my office try and crank out these next two days so that I can get on to the next level. Okay, fellas and ladies, you guys have a great day. Keep growing, keep giving, keep expanding. I'll talk to you soon.